sounded pretty familiar. Hey, welcome to episode 50 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. You found my show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. What you just heard was a sample of a song that I've been working on called Mommy Attack. The premise is, I do a great job with my kids, but no matter what I do, they always want their mommy. Anyway, welcome to episode 50. This is a tremendously good one. I talked to Zena Goldrich and Marcy Heisler, who created the music and lyrics to the Junie B. Jones, the musical. You know Junie B. Jones? You don't? You do? Yeah, Junie B. is amazing. Everyone likes Junie B. It was an awesome, awesome pleasure to talk to Zena and Marcy and to learn a little bit more about musical theater. Granted, I know a little bit, but not nearly as much as I could. Or maybe even potentially should. So it's the 50th episode. I had some big plans. I had some big ideas. One of them involved Josh the Lawyer. And I didn't get to do what I wanted to do with Josh the Lawyer. And I think that he would also say that he didn't get to to fulfill his role in the 50th episode as much as he wanted to. We had something, uh, something kind of fun planned out. But uh, he got really sick. I mean, he's better now. I mean, I think he's better. He's on the other side of the world, or at least in Europe. Uh, so I, I did talk to him before he left on his trip, and I think that this two-minute and 45-second conversation with Josh the Lawyer is something that every parent will shudder at, relate to, and find to be hilarious. We also have a 4 plus 1 segment. I am still locked into the world of trolls and Moana, and the Lion Guard is budding its way in. You guys know the Lion Guard from Disney Junior. Not the worst. Not the worst. Certainly not the worst. Luckily, Zena and Marcy were able to give me some suggestions to add to our countdown this week. It's going to be a really, really good one. If you stay tuned all the way to the end of the show, you'll hear the song Top Secret Personal Beeswax from the Junie B. Jones musical soundtrack all the way through. I should do some thanking on episode 50. Of course, I want to thank the contributors. That would be Josh the Lawyer, of course, Uncle D, Auntie C., Dr. Eric. also want to thank my kids because whether they like it or not, they're a part of the show. They're on movie review duty and things like that. also want to thank Mrs. Goodstuff who puts up with this. want to thank technical producer Josh MB who has helped me a ton as we've gotten this up and running. I want to thank Grandma and Grandpa Goodstuff, Sister Goodstuff, all of the Good Stuff family. And that includes you. You're part of the extended Good Stuff family. Thank you all so much. If you were wondering what a podcast host like me would like for his 50th episode celebration, well, it's really simple and it's free. If you could share this episode with your pals, that would be amazing. Help spread the word. Help get the word out. I want to thank Mirav from City Moms app who started to link the Good Stuff Kids podcast on her app. That's incredible. Thanks. I love that. If you have something like that and you want the Good Stuff Kids podcast to be a part of it, drop me a line. I'm sure we can work something out. Thank you all so much for listening. Everything that you could possibly need to know, including all of our past episodes, can be found at www.goodstuffpod.com. 
www.goodstuffpod.com. That's www.goodstuffpod.com. Thanks for listening. Most definitely, we'll talk to you at the end of the show. Four, four plus one. It's four plus one. Top four songs in my car plus one I try to get my kids to listen to. This week, I had some pinch-hitting help from Marcy and Zena, who made some suggestions. Coming in at number four is a Marcy and Zena suggestion. It's called We Dance from the Once on This Island soundtrack. That's a musical I've never heard of, but they recommended it, and it's pretty good. Coming in at number three is an old favorite, Molly Joe by Johnny Bragar. We love this one. Hey, Molly Joe, why did you go? I've been wondering about you. We used to play almost every day. Then you moved out to the bayou. Coming in at number two is William Wants a Doll from the Free to Be You and Me soundtrack. Another Marcy and Zena suggestion. This is a good one. This is a good one for all of you who are interested in the idea of breaking down gender stereotypes and norms. This song from many, many years ago is... Something that captures that particular feeling in an amazing way. Oh, yeah, that's right. That voice you hear is Alan brother. I know what to do, said his father to his mother. So his father bought him a basketball. A and coming in at number one is one from one of our favorites, Casper Baby Pants, and it's called The Ice Cream Man. Strawberry and nut bar crunch. Orange popsicles by the bunch. I go, go, go as fast as I can. You can't catch me, I'm the ice cream man. My song goes toodle bop 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 toodle toodle bop 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 toodle toodle bop 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 toodle bop 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 toodle bop 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 toodle Get on a race And number 1 is Tuesday's Gone by Leonard Skinnerd Everyone who's seen Days of Confused knows that this is one of the greatest songs of all time Even if you've never seen Days of Confused you know this is one of the greatest songs of all time Hope you enjoy it. Played this one in the car for my kids, and guess what? Not a winner.
If you liked anything that you heard on this week's 4 Plus 1 Countdown, you can find all of this music on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify. Support these artists. Josh Lawyer, and I'm only going to record this for a quick second, but um, I feel like every parent needs to just hear about what what you're up against right now, what you're doing, where you're going, and, and everything that's happening. So we had big plans for our 50th episode that we're going to sort of put on the back burner for, for a couple episodes, but I do think that this is so profoundly... Um, terrifying to me <laughs> well you know i like to think that my family is uh that we're pretty good travelers and we booked ourselves a, a new challenge which is to take our two and a half year old daughter across the ocean to london for a week uh-huh. and we thought that would be challenging enough but then this week i got the flu and then strep Oh. And uh-huh. my daughter, I think, who gave it to me, seemed, has strep. And uh, we discovered all that. And I'm remarkably healthy, given how sick I was just three days ago. But I'm not remarkably healthy compared to a healthy person. So you're about to get on a flight to go to London. An have, overnight flight to go to London. With your daughter who has strep. With you who and has With strep. antibiotics. We both have antibiotics. So we're in the... We're not contagious anymore. You're not so. contagious. No, no one should be worried. No one I should mean, be worried. They should be worried. <laughs> but, but maybe I mean, not a, that worried. A drop of her snot did leave me in bed for three days, but no one else should be worried. No one else should be worried. So flu, <laughs> yeah. strep. I think that like everyone would agree this is the ideal time to go to London. <laughs> well, I don't mean to get political, but I live in Washington, D.C., and we wanted to get out of town ahead of the inauguration. So okay. Just, okay. Fair enough. Um, you do have an assignment, by the way, and you will be reporting back. You're going to get the fish and the chips in the newspaper. In the newspaper, yes. Uh-huh. With pictures. I'll get weird sauces to go with it. Okay. Get, uh, I'll, I'll find some weird food. Yeah, I'm find some go weird to Scotland food. for a night. I'm going to try to find some haggis. Haggis. Okay, great. But, I mean, we're counting on you. We're counting on you. A, <laughs> come back and healthy, and B, eat all the food. We're leaving in about half an hour, and we're mostly packed. Oh, my, my, my wife isn't home right now. Oh, good. <laughs> Nor should she be. She's off getting a strep test, it turns out. Oh. And, <laughs> hey, Maya, do you want to say hi? Hi, Maya. Hi. Hi. Are you going Maya, on a trip? Going? Maya, where are we going? London. London. Yeah. She's excited. Well, Joshua, uh, on behalf of everyone, oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lauren, there's your wallet. We found it. <laughs> Have a great trip. Good stuff. I'd like to welcome Zena Goldrich and Marcy Heisler to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you all today? 
We're great, Michael. Yes, Thank you. Great. How are you? Great uh, to be here. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, everything is great. I'm, I'm thrilled to to be talking to you. We got a lot of a lot of ground to cover in terms of what you all have done. So, um, before we get into like the upcoming project, why don't you guys describe what it is that you all do? What What are you known for? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> we, we are a songwriting team. We write musical theater. Right. Uh, we have written for both adult projects and children's projects. We have done for stage and for you know more um, concert work um, and the multimedia, uh, some multimedia, stuff, some TVs, and... that kind of stuff. Um, right. Really, kind of a variety, var- variety. <laughs> That sounds awesome. <laughs> but basically, we are a classic working musical theater partnership in in the line of Comden and Green, and you know the old the old writing teams. Uh-huh. Um, you know, obviously, we're you know contemporary, and that we are here. <laughs> um, but um, we we uh, work in various different mediums and create musical work. Great, very cool, uh, Zena. Don't worry. By the way, I can edit that. Um, if if you want but it was pretty funny kind of amazing (laughs) that's really what I wanted that's great we're off to a rousing start totally Um, so (laughs) (laughs) that's great no there's so much more to it than that so how did you all meet how did the relationship start Um, I had recently graduated NYU in the dramatic writing program and that was a non-musical writing program Um, so I had wanted to round out my musical education and there's something called the BMI workshop, the BMI Lehman Engel musical theater writing workshop in New York. And, uh, a lot of, you know, this was many years ago and now there are many more programs and colleges, but then that was very much one of the only places to really study musical theater and lyric writing. And, um, so a lot of people, uh, would gather, you know, when they were graduating their college programs and uh, meet others who were doing the same thing. You know, it was it was sort of a meeting place for composers and lyricists, people who wanted to write musicals or were, you know, writing for Broadway or, or gunning to write for Broadway. So um, I was in this workshop, and it's usually a three-year program. And after the three, after the third year, you are invited to come back, hopefully, to you know, to be able to be there forever. You know, it's an ongoing workshop. Um, and I was in that stage of it. And Zena had done the workshop a few years prior to me, so I, I didn't know her, but she was visiting from California one day. She had gone to California to work in the Disney animation program, which I'll, I'll let her talk to you about. But she came to visit. And so other people in the class knew that, you know, the wonderful Zena was returning. The wonderful Zena. <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful Zena was returning to say hi to everybody. I like how that sounds. And, um, and Zena happened to sit down next to me, and it was a summer day. It was it was toward the the summer, I believe, and um, we struck up a conversation, and we just sort of started talking about various things and how are you and what's you know how's California and all of these various things, and um, and we became fast friends that one day, and then we were we said, oh, let's go get a cup of coffee. Yeah, we spent like the next three days you together, know? like walking and talking around the city, and because uh, I was just visiting for the week, and um, we had and a lot we, in common. We had a lot in common, and we became friends. And you know, we didn't actually start writing until about a year later, because Marcy had a collaborator at the time, and I was writing my own lyrics, and 
um, when things and started. And you were going back and forth. And I was kind of, yeah, I was flying back and New forth York from New York to LA and LA and back. And, right. Um, but when the opportunity arose for us to write a song together, we said, hey, well, let's let's try it. And after the first song, it was very clear that we, we shared a, a, a very uh, special voice. Together. Yeah, the talking that we did in our friendship, you know, carried through. <laughs> to uh, our great, friendship. yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's great. Like the conversation, really important, right? It absolutely is. Yes. And I think that that's the thing. I think so many musical theater writers now are, you know, when they're looking for their composing partners, um, you can't just stick one person with another person. It definitely is a very natural, you know, conversation. You have to find the people who really speak your language. It's and chemistry, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's not like the same yeah. finding your, you know, your mates, so to speak, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's because you're fine. You're writing songs together. It's a very, you know, personal and uh, thing to do. And right. so you really have to understand each other deeply for that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and we, you know, I, we don't always agree on certain things and we don't agree on what should be musicalized. Yeah. Or that. But uh, what, what Zena and I, I believe do have is we do, um, we take our two separate voices and we create one, you know, singular voice unified from, yeah. from them and I think that um, it's a, as you know, saying it's a very natural process. And um, I do, uh, you know, when we talk to young composers and young lyricists who say, "How can I meet somebody?" and this and that, we always tell them to to really look for that. Look for the ease of the flow of the conversation, um, because it is indeed a very important partnership mm -hmm. in life. Yeah, really cool. So, so Zena, tell me a little bit about Disney Animation. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was a really wonderful place to work. Actually, um, it's funny because I got my job. By being in the BMI workshop, um, Maury Esten uh, taught the advanced year, which is where Marcy and I had met. And um, Disney, uh, somebody from Future Animation came to the class one day, and I happened to be performing some of the stuff that I had written for a musical based on Moonstruck, the John okay. Patrick Henley uh -huh. movie. Uh -huh. there. And um, and they liked it very much, and they approached me after the class and said, hey, do you want to come and write a few songs for us. We're doing um, featurettes for Mickey. It's before um, my time. Uh -huh. and, uh, <laughs> and I said, sure, that would be really fun. <laughs> so I wrote a few songs for them, and I went out to L.A. for just a little bit to do that. Um, and I was also, I happened to be working at Grand Hotel in New York. It was on Broadway, and I was playing in the pit and rehearsal piano. And by the time I had finished writing those three songs, you know, I said, okay, well, I finished the three songs, so I guess I need to go back to New York. I mean, I'd love to stay, but I, I got to get back to life. If, uh -huh. You know, there's more work here. Uh -huh. And and luckily enough, they offered me a job. And I think it was one of the last, like, staff songwriter jobs that they did because after that they, they hired people freelance mostly. But it's a wonderful place to work, um, such creativity and working with the artists and um, developing things and just being able to – uh, go into the vault and kind of look at all all the, the pencil drawings, the, oh, all cool. the inspirational art for all their you know classic pictures and such. And at that time, this this will date me a little bit, but they were they were making Beauty and the Beast at the uh -huh. time. They were wow. making Aladdin, and so all of they, that. All yeah. of these, it was really great to see that happen, and Lion King as well. Right. So uh, anyway, so it was a great place to work. I loved it, um, but I was also happy to uh, to finish up and to really start yeah. you know, working. Marcy. Yeah, um, no, we've had, you know, we've been lucky. We've, we've also had a chance to do some Disney projects together. Oh, so, cool. So we had a chance to do that. That's and everyone should go see the campus uh, when, they're, when they're in Los Angeles, if there's a way to have a tour or yeah. just go to the monastery. And just, yeah, just well, that, that's the gold standard. So you, you all are involved in a lot 
of musical theater, which which we're we're sort of hearing about a little bit. But when did you know that you loved theater? Is there like a particular show where you were like, "That's the one that I love theater"? Yeah. I mean, I can't. To be really honest, I always always loved it. My uh-huh. my folks would take me as a kid, and um, I remember seeing you know my favorite lady as a kid. My mom would take us out to. Um, Jones Beach and this guy named Guy Lombardo, which most people out there probably won't know who he is anymore, but he always used to New play New Year's Eve. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would conduct out there for these shows and come out on a little boat and everything. And they did these wonderful shows. And um, there was Oklahoma and King and I and all sorts of like fabulous things. I couldn't get enough of it. So I guess always is uh-huh. that's a know. fair uh-huh. answer. Yeah. When I was a theater kid in Chicago, I was, I've been performing since I was about five. I did, uh, you know, a touring thing of Free to Be You and Me there, and oh, I was very involved in, um, in a lot of di- uh, theater groups in Chicago. And um, I guess, you know, I think it was probably Chorus Line that really, you know, got my attention in a different way, where I really said, wow, you know, the idea of speaking in monologues like that and really... Um, creating characters the way that Ed Cleveland and Marvin Hamlish did, um, that really fascinated me. And I was only, you know, eight, 10, you know, eight, nine, 10, mm-hmm. but I'd be dancing around my living room and I would, you know, act it out. And I just knew, I knew from that show, I think that, um, I definitely, perhaps because it was about people who worked in the theater and it just spoke to me on such a level that I, I knew then that, that that was what I was going to try to do with my life. So cool. Um, that- it's a uh it's a it's a good uh you know there's a resurgence right like there's one particular musical out there that is you know piqued the interest of so many people and and i think that it's good for people to also hear that there was something before hamilton you know like musical theater existed i mean lin-manuel is great right like he's a genius but but there's stuff before him that's also really really important but also, I think Lynn would say this too: is you know, Lynn specifically grew up in uh, with a very huge musical classical training, and and was very familiar with the classic Broadway shows, and loved them, and sort of grew up on them as well, and um, and all the other musical influences, and really took them all and made it his own. And I think that you know, the generations to come will really. Um, be the better off for that right i think it's great you know whatever show is your entry point mm-hmm. your your, your yeah. way and then you know then you can find other things you like you don't yeah. have to like every single one I, you know when people say well i don't like musicals it's like really you can't find one you don't <laughs> yeah, like there were one you might be right. you know too right <laughs> like book of mormon maybe try book of mormon out for size i was like you know Give yeah. it a try. There might, yeah, I like comedy. Okay. There are a number you can choose yeah, from. Right. And something you'll like. Right. Cool. Um, so you all have sort of a, in addition to all of this work that you've done, have a, have a niche in writing music for, I guess, what I would call, and, and please use the words that you would use to describe it, but I would say like musicals for kids and families. Mm-hmm. Um, family entertainment family is entertainment. what we like to <laughs> call okay, it. Family, okay, yeah. great. So family entertainment. How? So, so what was the start of that like? What, I mean, I'm, so I'm looking at sort of your, your bio here, but when did this phase of your careers start? You know, it's interesting because at the very beginning of when we started to write together, we were trying to figure out, you know, musicals can what take, yeah, what are we going to write? But musicals can take seven, ten years to really develop. And so as Marcy and I were looking for a project to work on, we thought, 
you know, why don't we do something where, where we could just do self-contained songs like, like Schoolhouse Rock, you know? And um, that turned out to be a show called Dear Edwina. Uh, we, we put all the songs together. Marcy did the book and, and came up the, with this wonderful character. And, uh, and so all of a sudden we had our first family entertainment show. And that one was immediately licensed by MTI and so started to be done at camps and schools and all sorts of wonderful things. And through that, we started to get all these other jobs. Uh, we just sort of stumbled into the family entertainment world. But Judy B was was fairly soon after that one, and um, we Judy just got very, uh, yeah we we got very lucky in finding that project. It was a wonderful piece of work, and it really fit our voice. So yeah, no, I do think that. Um, Kids are the smartest audiences in the whole world. And I think that when you write for kids, um, you know, there's a big difference between intelligence and experience. I find that kids are really brilliant and honest and um, they may not have the experience levels that, that, that adults do. But boy, will they tell you when a story is working and when they res when something resonates with them. And, um, you know, as theater was such a big part of my growing up and my youth, um, it was a very natural thing to sort of fall into. I just sort of turned around and started creating what I had known so deeply in my own life. Um, and it's a great deal of fun. You know, I think that, um, you know, I, I truly, I truly love writing for all different genres and, and types of people, but, but the kids thing really keeps it, um, keeps you honest in your writing. You know, you cannot, um, More you than. can't, you can't, well, <laughs> you know, let's put it this way. When you write a joke and a kid laughs, there's something that, that really does to, you know, there's something that that does in your soul. And when you really communicate on a level and teach something to someone and really make them think and make them, you know, talk, you know, so many times in our shows, I will see kids talking to their parents about what they just saw. You know, we're talking about um, themes that, you know, depending on the show that we did. Um, and, and that always makes me really happy, too, is to just write things that families can talk about and families can discuss. When we talk about, you know, the Junie B. Jones work that we did, um, it's about a lot of her adventures in first grade, you know, and a lot of her not so great adventures in first grade and not knowing how to really, you know, solve certain problems or deal with certain things. And, and when you see parents and kids talk very animatedly, come, you know, saying, oh, that's me. And, oh, you know, what was it like when you were a kid? Um, that just all of that that goes into this kind of theater is really, really satisfying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so we're, we're close to Junie B territory. We're getting very close. Um, so they're, they're um, just to, to highlight a few of the other things you did, it looks like you worked with Mary Poppins, Julia Andrews. That's pretty cool. And you also did something ever after. Is that similar to the, the movie that came out a few years ago? It is. It is. It is based on that movie. It is a Cinderella story. Um, and we are still hard at work on it. And um, we've been loving doing that as well. Oh, awesome. So, okay. Now, here, here's where we're getting to, to the big stuff here. You guys have a new record coming out on January 13th, 2017, which is yeah. the, uh, what would you call it? The, the, the soundtrack, I guess, is probably the best word, right? Or The studio, oh, album. The studio cast the, album. The studio cast album of Junie yeah. B. Jones, the musical. So I need help here. Tell okay. us who Junie B. Jones is. Oh, my goodness. One of my very favorite first graders ever. Uh -huh. um, 
Junie B. Jones is a character uh, created by the wonderful Barbara Park. And the Junie B. Jones book series is about, you know, there are about 80 books. I'm going to get the number wrong. No, How many so they're, they're not 80 books. I there don't know. are maybe about 30. Lots and books. lots and lots. <laughs> Somewhere um, between zero and a million. Yes. We know it's more than 10. There's <laughs> a big old pile. Uh -huh. of There's a whole section in Barnes and Noble. Yeah. So uh -huh. believe you will find Judy B. Cool. Yes, but we um, we worked with the company TheaterWorks USA, who um, many people might be familiar with. They have amazing tours that go out all over the country um, with contemporary children's books and classics. Um, and uh, they came to us and they said, we have the rights to four of these Junie B books, and could you take them, and, and how would you create a musical uh, around them? And so... Um, you know, Zena and I read the books and, and we talked about what, how it, they could all be strung together because they were episodic. Um, and, and we were lucky enough to be uh, hired and uh, put into workshop to, to make this a reality. And so um, what we did is we have Junie uh, starting her adventures in first grade and then having some adventures in first grade. And it, it doesn't always work out exactly as she thought. And then um, at the beginning of the show, she's given a blank journal and she writes down all of her adventures as they go through and she learns the importance and um, she discovers her love of writing via all of her adventures and writing them down, which obviously is something very important to us because, right. you know, not only did we want to express Junie's wonderful adventures um, that she had and to musicalize Barbara's wonderful plots, but we also wanted to add, um, you know, discovering the joy of writing and um, starting, you know, starting in one place and finishing in another over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. Because I think that we're all first graders, you know, oh, in various sure. aspects <laughs> of our lives. I know many first you graders. Know? So, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. always first grade to a degree. So I think that while kids enjoy the literal adventures that happen, um, I think adults can understand a lot of the emotional aspects of all of that. And, um, and so we have recorded the show now. We're very lucky that we got it down on uh, CD and now we can download it. <laughs> right. Awesome. So, um, was Junie B. Jones, was the show playing somewhere or is it one of those touring kinds um, of things? It's toured across the United States for the past, like, 12 years, I think, actually. I think 12 years. Oh, and my at, goodness. Wow. At, at a certain point, it was actually off-Broadway. And, and uh, so we were really happy about that. And we got a couple of nominations for it. I'll just brag for what Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, anyway, but... Um, and now it's licensed at MTI. And, and so now you can do it now in your school, school can or do your it. camp, uh -huh. whatever. Um, and we're very excited about that as well. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the best part is just, uh, for a long time, people said, oh, I love that show. When, when can I, you know, where can I get a recording of it? And we just never had it. And now, now we have we it. If you, if you see the show, if, you, if the show's touring in your, your neighborhood and you see it and you like it, you can actually bring it home with you now. So cool. <laughs> yeah. So what was, uh, what was your involvement in the recording process? Are you all on the CD? Did you sing? Did you play? That kind oh, of thing? No. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I, it was very interesting. I mean, um, we had uh, the all the record. It was all recorded in Nashville, actually, which is uh, they have some such wonderful studio musicians down there. But um, Dan um, Rudin we and yes, and people. we I had um, we had another thing we were doing with another show at the same time, so I could not fly down to Nashville. So I attended all the sessions yes. by Skype. 
Yes. Oh, wow. I was sort of in there, you know, uh, uh, giving my input and listening and, you know, saying, hey, how about doing it this way? Or can you think about this or that? Or Dan, can you lower this or raise that? You know, that kind of uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. All on computer like I'm speaking to you now. Right. Wow. It's so exciting that you can do that now because you That's really so have cool. a chance to work with musicians that you would never normally. Although, imagine. honestly, I really wanted to go to Nashville. <laughs> oh, it's a cool town. Yeah, I, totally. I uh, we'll save that for uh, the next album. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, okay. So the album comes out uh, the 13th of January. Do you have, do you each have like a, fa- like a particular song on, on the record that really resonates with you? Well, I, I, I like the song that Marcy was talking about at the end of the show called writing down the story of my life. What's our um, song? It's, it's, you know, it's meaningful to me, but as far as, you know, boppy stuff, I, I, I don't know. They're, you know, they're all like your children. Uh-huh. So you, can't like say yeah. oh, I really like this one better than the other. I love them all differently but equally. If that right. makes sense, it totally it totally makes sense. Sometimes one's a little bit, you know, you're like feeling that one a little bit more than the other. You're feeling this one or that one, right? Exactly. Yeah. I wish we could make a mega dance mix to our lunchbox song. <laughs> to our, like, lunchbox. A remix, huh? Yeah. If I do like a single, you know, Short whatever. And sweet, but super funny. We should yeah. do like disco version of lunchbox. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Um, so let me, let me just sort of backtrack, I guess for a second. And what's the, if you could take one of the songs, right. From, from Junie B Jones mm-hmm. and just give us a brief overview of how you work together as a team to, mm-hmm. to, you know, I guess sort of from start to finish, like who does what, how it works, or if it sort of flows all together. I think that would be really interesting for, for people to, to hear. Oh wow! Should we do the opening? Should we talk about the opening? Yeah, talk about the. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. You know, the opening. uh, Marcy wrote many, like most of the show before I even touched it. To be honest, she just kind of did a big. We like to call it a big puke, but she. (laughs) 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 But for the opening number, there was a lot of stuff, and she was incorporating. She's doing a lot of nice techniques with like incorporating the other kids as like backups and that kind of thing. So the there's a lot of things where Junie will say something and then the backups will, you know, chime in afterwards. So that timing has to be worked out very carefully between Marcy and me. But there's other stuff that, you know, she wrote like the, the chorus, uh, the, the lyrics to the chorus, and I just snapped right in on it. It just it came to us very quickly. Well, I think that Junie particularly um, has a very um, lyrical way of speaking. She'll say things like, good news, people. You know, <laughs> guess what mom brought home? Mother, she never calls her mom mom, it's mother. Guess what mother brought home today? It's a big, top secret personal beeswax journal, and uh-huh. I get right in it, you know. Or, and oh, Barbara Park, I am misquoting you, so I apologize. Uh-huh. But the gist of what I'm saying, you know, that that is what you'd see in the book. And so as a lyricist, you have to sort of take Junie's rhythms that come naturally and that are really Barbara's rhythms. And take it and realize what would rhyme. How would you express this musically? Um, and and for an opening number, you're really setting up the, the themes uh-huh. of the whole show. So um, so I took something similar to that phrase and I said, I can hardly believe it. It's almost too good to be true. Mother went to the store and she bought me a book full of lots of empty pages I can do things to. If I want to be, draw a wiener sausage or a picture of a beautiful day or list my favorite colors and foods, everything I want is A-OK because it's my top secret personal beeswax. You know, that's uh-huh. the, the, yeah, the book. Yeah. And so, you know, you take the essence of what's in the book and then make it rhyme and, and make it, you know, um, 
add the themes of the whole show onto it and, and uh, hopefully go from there. And then you have to kind of look at that and then say, okay, if this character were music, what would that music sound like? Right. Because you're really introducing the entire, you know, to, you're introducing the listener to this character. So it's not just in words and what she says, the, the music has to match her and feel like her. So yeah. um, I hope we accomplished that. I think we did. I, I think, you know, it's perky and fun and just a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't know, well, sassy. I, I also think that, you know, looking ahead, given the fact that we had to marry these four books, not only do you have to write a song, you also have to decide what are the, you know, we know because we've worked together for so long what are the transitions that are come that are going to come back or what are the, you know, we're going to need some glue for, for, you know, how to get to each book. You know, we didn't mush all the books together. We sort of did an overarching umbrella and then did one story, then the next story, then the next story. Um, and we were going to have to find how, how, as we said, how themes come back and go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think we were lucky in that Junie is, you know, I'm I'm not exactly like Junie B. Jones, but I think certain of her quirks and certain of her outlook on outlooks on life, I could certainly relate to. And I think Zena could relate to musically. Absolutely. And it was a great marriage of author and character and write and composing team. Uh-huh. Um, it was just lucky in that way that we were all, again, speaking the same language. And we just sort of went from there. That's and so also- great. Yeah, you always write a you always write a wrong song too, you know. Oh, like, okay, interesting. Yeah, going to the dentist that didn't end up. Oh in yeah, the, show. Uh-huh. the whole thing. She she calls it a tooth witch fairy, and she's yes. like, so she you know the uh, the tooth fairy became this like scary thing to her, and we had this whole like gothic number. It was awesome, but it just didn't work. Uh-huh. So yet we'll do it for June. We'll do it three. for something else. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's got to be that's uh, an interesting decision to make right like you put in all this time and all this effort and then oh like how does that like i i don't know i guess this is uh interesting for me maybe not so much for the world but like how do you make that call to like be like you know i love this one but it's it can't work here i think sometimes that call makes you you know what oh, i mean yeah sure make the call but sometimes it's like as we said, a lot of things flow somewhat easily. And Zina and I will say, is this in the pocket? You know, that's a jest, uh-huh. I guess. Um, right, sure. But is it in the pocket? And sometimes some really great stuff is not, it just doesn't, we've either covered a topic, you know, already. And, and so you don't want to have two songs on the same theme. Um, you know, luckily Zina and I do a lot of concert work. So, you know, at the worst, we can always say, well, we'll, we'll do it in concert. Yeah. And just, yeah. this is a song that didn't get in. Um, but I do think that um, part of part of writing for a show, as opposed to just writing individual songs, you really do have to make those calls, and they're tough. Mm-hmm. They're very tough. Right. Um, but also, you know, when Zena and I are struggling, and we're struggling past a certain point, we'll be, you know, we'll look at each other um, and say, "Okay, we just maybe have to this approach is the right song. Maybe we uh, have to." you know, move up the act. Maybe the song happens like <clears throat> two minutes earlier or a couple of lines later. Maybe yeah. just that we haven't chosen the right moment or, you know, or maybe it just shouldn't sing. Maybe we just need to move on. And yeah. it happens, you know. Also, when you look at a score, score uh, songs affect other songs. You know, you have to also think of what are the two songs before it? Right. What are the two songs after it? Because you can't have, you know, four ballads in a row or four solos in a row. Or, <laughs> right, right. You know, kinds of things um and and is there like a thematic chorus or or mm -hmm. melodic thing that that runs through i mean that you gotta think of that too 
Yeah, we thought about, you know, we have a lot of shooby-doos in, um, in the backups, and then we use that as scene change stuff. It's not really on the app. The shooby-doobies are, like, in the backups, but we didn't just yeah. record scene change music for yeah. everybody's scene pleasure. So, But if you see the show, there's a lot of that stuff uh, in there. Shooby-doos. Right. Yeah, it helps. And, and the shooby-doos are some of the most important. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm interrupted. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, are some of the most important lyrics in the piece. You know, there are all kinds of different shooby-doos that you can have in <laughs> You know, when you're writing a show, I think you realize that the, the things like that and the silences and, you know, all of that comes, you know, they're all important and it's all um, part and parcel of the oh, same so thing. so cool. Yeah, great. Um, that's fascinating. I, it's so cool to hear about all of the little things that go into what comes out sounding like this, this sort of really perfect composed, like... And just hearing the backstory, I think, is really interesting for, for kids who would be interested in getting into theater to know that, like, the music doesn't just happen. Like, there are right. real, like, people taking a lot of time and a lot of thought and a lot of effort. And I, I think it's really uh, cool to hear some of how that happens. Um, yeah. If, we, if, we've done our, if we've done our job well, though, it doesn't sound like that. It should right. just sound like right. it just happened and it just yeah. beautifully exists. Well, right. But I mean, isn't that what happens? Like the people just like jump out of their chairs and start singing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, photographer actually wrote an amazing uh, top secret personal beeswax dance. Uh -huh. And so there were a way to teach everybody. I mean, hopefully all the kids across the country will be making their own top secret personal beeswax dances. Uh, but we'll have, yeah. to, we'll have to uh, include a dance video next time. too. Awesome. <laughs> Um, so as part of my show, I have something called 4 Plus 1, which is a countdown of songs that my kids listen to in the car, sort of over and over. And then one I get to sort of interject, you know, like one of my songs. That, and then uh, sort of see what they're interested in. So if you each could uh, recommend one song for me to include in the countdown for when your episode goes up, I would love to, uh, love to hear about some, like a, a piece of music that really inspires you. Oh, that's not ours, right? It can be that's yours. It can be oh, mine. So I mean, I don't have one, but like, it can be any anything really. Open, open invite. Oh my goodness! You know what? Um, in addition to all of the Junie B uh -huh. <laughs> album, uh -huh. I hope you listen to it in the car. I would say uh, there's a song from Dear Edwina called Ola Lola. Okay. That um, I would love for all of your kids to listen to. It's about the importance of saying hello. Um, as far as a non, do I get a bonus? Do I get another totally. one? Oh, a thousand percent. As a non Marcy and Zena, um, I would say if they're unfamiliar with the score of The Wiz, to go do a song from The Wiz, which is wonderful, which I loved as a kid. Cool. I was going to say some stuff from Free to Be You and Me. Well, that's oh, right. It's, yeah, it's the best. Like, uh, <laughs> William Wants a Doll or something like that is really fun. Uh -huh. And I also loved, uh, we were talking about um, Schoolhouse Rock before. Uh -huh. And so I love like Conjunction Junction right. and um, I'm Just a Bill. I'm true. just all of the, I mean, anything Schoolhouse Rock, you can't go wrong. Cool. So, oh, <laughs> I also opening, if this is a long car trip. <laughs> yeah, well, we got plenty of those, right? Sure. Uh, I would say the opening number of Once on this Island is really beautiful too. I love that. Oh, it's a great piece. Oh, cool. Nice. I feel like we could just keep going. Like you guys could just give recommendations. So I'm going to, I'm going to take this a step further and say, if um, people are in a situation where they can go see a show, right? Like uh, a live performance musical or whatever it is, what would be, uh, what, what would you recommend to people? As far, if they're in New York or anywhere? I guess like New York. I mean, I know that a, a lot of the bigger shows travel. Like I know that, 
George, just something kind of really cool and wonderful that people should just see. I think mm. I think I leave it to your leave it to your judgment. I leave it to your judgment. You're the I mean, experts. I you, I've always loved Guys and Dolls. I just find that such a joyful show, and um, it's just a it's a, another fascinating, beautiful world and great songs and uh, I don't know, great dancing. And <laughs> I always I you know if you're gonna see a play, I always love Noises Off. It is one of the funniest plays ever. Um, and we have a show called Snow White, Rose Red, and Fred, which uh -huh. is a little bit, you know, an homage to Noises Off for uh, high school students. Um, and Noises Off is wonderful. Um, West Side Story is always amazing. And um, I have to put in a plug for my beloved chorus line. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I, I really do love that show. It's re I guess it's a little older. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, I also love She Loves Me, which was just, I think they did that on that uh, what is it phantom you know when they do it in the movie theaters mm -hmm. when they oh, right 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 sure the were they like simulcast it or something yeah, yeah 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 uh they did they recorded the broadway version of it so if it comes to your town or it's on cool. pbs or something definitely cool. see that as a delightful so show and, and i would say mama cast make your own kind of music one of the best songs <laughs> ever <laughs> perfect and that's a great, great message too a great message great too. that's awesome well xena and marcy thank you immensely this is so fascinating and cool <laughs> to talk to you thank you it's been a pleasure to talk yeah. to you so so how can we find you and keep up with you are you on facebook twitter etc we have a marcy and xena facebook page um and we are at goldrich and heisler.com g-o-l-d-r-i-c-h-a-n-d-h-e-i-s-l-e-r.com -E cool. <laughs> and cool. if you can remember that marcy and xena.com is there easy and it also goes to the same place <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we are on yeah. Twitter. We are on, uh, you know, we're at Marcy and Zena, and we are. I gotta get up on all that social media. Yeah, I'm, I'm so. It's, I need some hard. of these. Kids to this, yeah, it's tough. Zena, it's at Marcy Heisler one two three. I think. Um, yeah, all that kind of. We're on. We're on everything. Uh, so much. great, so great. Well, um, I can't thank you all enough. It was fascinating and awesome, and great to meet you, and great to talk to you, and. Best of luck with everything. Congrats on the record coming out and can't wait for everybody to hear it. Thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you. it. Bye. <laughs> well, that's it for episode 50. Thanks to Zena and to Marcy for talking with me. Really, really awesome. Remember to stay tuned all the way for top secret personal beeswax in its entirety at the end of the show. I'm here with Mrs. Good Stuff. This is Good Stuff. Thank you for supporting me during 50-plus episodes of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Is there anything that you want to say in your debut? I would just like to say that I am proud of you. Oh, you're nice. And that I am glad that you're able to do this and 50 episodes strong. Oh, smooches. Thank you. Okay, everyone, have a great week. Talk to you really, really soon. Joshua Lawyer, please come back from your travels in one piece. Talk to y'all later, www.goodstuffpod.com. I can hardly believe it. It's almost too good to be true. Mother went to the store and she bought me a book full of lots of empty pages I can do things to.
Stuff.